Want to build a media company that's purpose-driven from the ground up? Then you'll want to hear this encore of Benny Luo, who spoke at Imagine Talks' annual symposium. Benny Luo is an internet marketer and the founder of web publications Next Shark, New Media Rockstars, and TheOtherAsians.com. In 2013, Luo built Next Shark, an online publication for Asian youth with just $3,000 of his own money. Now, four years later, the site has a full-time staff of 12 and brings in nearly 3 million monthly unique visitors. Now, here's Benny Lowe with a conditional acceptance. How you doing, Benny? Good, how about yourself? Can't complain. We're, uh, we are just learning and growing constantly. And I am so, so honored here to have you join us today for a great interview. And we all know you as the founder and CEO of Next Shark, which is such a powerful uh, publication, especially for the Asian American community. Um, before we start off, I just would love to ask you, can you tell us a bit about yourself, uh, how you got started getting to do what you do now, which is so impactful to the Asian American community. <laughs> it's a, that's a lot to touch on. Um, I think that, uh, well, first of all, I'm honored to be here. Uh, you know, I appreciate you, you having me here as a guest and, you know, I'm definitely a big fan of the work that you've done and the platform you've built here, Francis. Um, you. you know, as, as far as mine, I mean, my, my, it's, it's been very, very organic for me. I think I would, I would look at it as uh, I, I grew up in the Bay area to Chinese American parents who uh, came here in the 1980s. Um, you know, was definitely raised uh, in a very, with uh, conservative Asian values, uh, you know, growing up, like, you know, uh, seeking, uh, you know, uh, comfortability as like a doctor or a lawyer or, you know, more, more careers that are more like sustainable and, you know, all that good stuff. Um, and obviously academics were heavily stressed uh, during those years. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, but I think I look at it as um, I've always felt that I had uh, a big affinity to Asian American identity. Um, I had a very small period in my life where, um, you know, I was like, oh man, I, I wish I was white, blah, 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 because, you know, I feel like, you know, those kids get treated better. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't get that, you know, sort of stuff at home or whatever, or, you know, just, uh, just those like negative thoughts. Right. But uh, you know, I quickly realized, I mean, entering like middle school and uh, up to towards high school that, um, you know, to be really proud of your heritage. Mm -hmm. And uh, I kind of went through that whole like Asian pride phase growing up. And, you know, that kind of stemmed yeah. from, you know, me facing a lot of, you know, instances of bullying and, and, uh, and racism, just, you know, whether it's at school or whether it's in public. I mean, you know, some of the things I remember is uh, I remember I was in middle school, I think I was 11 years old. And um, I went to the movie theaters with some friends. And I was just randomly passing by like an old couple. I thought it was a really nice old couple in my head. And I remember distinctively as right when I walked past them, uh, the, the old man basically uh, yelled out like effing Chinaman and unprovoked completely. And I was just, it's great. It was just really, you know, really, really weird for me. Um, 
you know, or, uh, you know, in school, like, uh, I would face, uh, you know, at, at lunchtime, you know, people would call me like dog eater, Chinatown, like, you know, just using like, you know, racial slurs towards me and everything. So uh, it was definitely, um, you know, a challenge kind of growing up in that environment, but I did have like a really good, uh, you know, upbringing and, you know, very, very grateful for that. Uh, but as far as like in the context of Next Shark, I mean, I think that um, I, I said this before, um, I never, I never really, you know, imagined that it would grow to something like this because we were a very different company when we first started. Um, and essentially Next Shark is uh, started off as an online publication focused on business and success for millennials. And Shark kind of comes from, you know, my experience and and in all my poker and um, and the fact that when I read up on some of my favorite entrepreneurs like the late Tony Shea, um, you know, he said like, you know, poker had such a big impact on his outlook and how he, you know, makes decisions and everything. And I really heavily relate to that. So Shark, you know, kind of comes from that. And then next kind of signifies, you know, next generation and, uh, you know, the youth or what have you. Um, but about like two years in, uh, we noticed that a lot of our Asian-centric content was doing well. Um, and I noticed that uh, every time we featured like an Asian face, a successful Asian-American leader, uh, we saw an uptick in engagement. And it seemed like uh, there was a, like, a lot of support being rallied around that. And it's interesting because I, you know, even from a technical standpoint, and I just found this out like, you know, maybe uh, very, very recently too, is that um, um, and for Asian-Americans online, we love to consume stuff like on, you know, stuff about self-development or content that really like, you know, I guess builds you up as a person or skill. So it kind of aligned align with that. Um, but naturally, because of that content, we were just uh, building um, a, a strong Asian American following. Um, and over time, like, we started making more of a pivot where it's like, oh, you know, why don't we feature like more Asian faces, more Asian business owners, right? Um, and uh, people seem to like that a lot. And naturally, uh, as we started evolving, uh, we started getting encouraged by our readers to like cover other outlets because um, they said that, hey, um, you know, you guys are really the, one of the only outlets that are uh, featuring Asian American faces and, uh, and painting them in this way and really highlighting the trailblazers in our community. You guys should, you know, maybe start covering uh, politics, maybe more news more breaking news more sports and i was a little apprehensive to it at first just because like it wasn't you know business was in that sort of bubble that i was really looking towards but i decided to give it a shot and uh next thing you know i mean you know for me i, I also kind of had a passion for it too I was like wow i mean you know if that's really what you're interested in i mean why not i mean it, it wasn't something that i ever and it's something that I never thought that I could build a business off of, to be honest. Um, I always thought of it as like, if I were to dive into something like this, it would be like, you know, when I'm more extremely, extremely successful and, you know, and I can kind of go back and, and give back. And so the fact that I can, you know, build a sustainable company on like, you know, little to no funding, no loans or anything, while also, uh, you know, being a positive uh, destination for our community. I'm, I'm very grateful for that. That's wonderful. That's such an awesome story. And um, and yeah, I, what you talked about going back to when you were young and, and that I, for me, it blows my mind. Cause I'm from, I was raised in the South in Mississippi and I definitely faced my sheer racism and it still blows oh, my mind that, that, right. Yeah. That, that you, there's, that is, that is, I think one of the core meccas of it. Um, and it's, it still blows my mind that, that people experience that here in the Bay area. Uh, mm -hmm. and, and that just, that's for me, that's so, that's just, that, that it's so hard for me to wrap my mind around because it's such a, you know, this is supposed to be a place where, where there's melting, right? And, and, and acceptance, but yeah. I'm I think it's gotten better over the years. I mean, you know, it's, uh, I, I think that the Asian American community has certainly grown tremendously, especially in the last like five, 10 years. Um, I, I would think that it's much more diverse then, but I mean, 
you know, we, we've, we've seen it all. There's always that sort of, you know, I, I don't want to say diamond in the rough, obviously. Like there's also always that one person, you know, yeah. or have yeah. you, they exist everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Well, again, thank you for giving us a voice um, on your amazing platform. And one of your, one of the most famous um, incidents that, that, that goes around is almost as rumors legend. You, you work with and had a connection with the president candidate, Andrew Yang. So please uh, tell us, uh, give us a behind the scenes story of what happened to that. I feel like that's, that's something people talk about and either know some bits about or not, but I want to hear it directly from you. What, what exactly happened with that little connection there? Yeah, I mean, I think that the context with this is that, um, you know, I, I went to UC Irvine um, and I knew very early on, especially after high school, that I don't think academics was really going to be my strong suit. I mean, don't get me wrong. I still tried as much as I can in classes. I still struggled, don't get me, you know, tremendously. But, I, you know, I still tried. But in the back of my mind, you know, I, I knew that I needed some sort of a backup plan, if anything. And I had this notion of if I of I need to get a head start amongst like all my peers. Mm-hmm. Um, by, uh, if, if I can't really win in academics, uh, or set myself apart, I can maybe set myself apart by having as much experience as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, and so literally right when I got into my freshman year, I, I already had a job at uh, Dell, the computer company. I was basically, uh, my job was as a campus rep was to help like market Dell products on campus. Wow. Um, and, uh, and from there, um, I, you know, as a full-time student, I was also trying to rack up as, ma- as, as much work hours as I could too. And the thing being was not only that I want the experience, I also didn't want to uh, depend on my parents really for, mm-hmm. you know, for financial stability. Um, you know, I wanted to be um, as independent as fast as possible, really. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I started taking multiple jobs. I mean, there was only a certain amount, amount of hours that uh, Dell could give me at the time. Um, so I started working at the UCI computer store too, where I would help like de- deliver computers to teachers and staff members uh, wow. all, all around campus. I was, I used to drive this big anteater truck, which is our, uh, you know, our mascot, which is pretty funny. And uh, the hilarious part about that too, is like, I, I, I had just gotten my license at the time, at that time too. And so it was like, so, you know, those were like, uh, so it was actually uh, a little nerve wracking at that time, like, you know, driving a big, big truck like that. Um, but, um, you know, we got it done. Um, and then I ended up, I, I was really official in my time. I mean, I even found uh, a job where I could make money while attending classes. Uh, essentially I was a campus note taker for, you know, people, you know, that had like, you know, disabilities and wasn't able to, you know, wow. uh, um, so I was, so, you know, it also gave me an outlet to, to get me to go to class while also, you know, making money at the same time. Wow. Um, but you know, for me, I just felt that, uh, even then I, I still, um, it's, you know, these were still like just small hours, like here and there. And I I really wanted to maximize as much time as I can to, you know, get experience. Um, And so I remember uh, browsing through, I believe it was the uh, UC Irvine's version of, uh, you know, the college uh, board um, Mm -hmm. where, you know, know, where employers could, you know, post like job boards and everything. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I I looked it up and I saw a position open as a marketing associate for the Manhattan GMAT. So it was basically an East Coast company, uh, that uh, that was basically helping. Um, they they sold basic online prep courses for uh, the for the GMAT. Um, they also did um, you know in person courses as well. Um, so basically, I applied for it. And the funny thing is, um, <laughs> I think I think that 
if I remember correctly, um, I, tr I think I applied the first time, but I was very irresponsible with like, you know, uh, answering this, uh, you know, with uh, answering emails on time because I was so busy and I wasn't really, you know, uh, I, I just was not polished at the time. And this is actually the first time I talked about this because I remember this finally, is that uh, I applied for it first and then I had gotten an interview. They said that they were interested in setting up an interview and for me to provide, you know, a time that I was available. And I remember it took me like, I think I didn't respond until a week later just because I don't, I don't know why that happened, but I responded a week later and then the message that I got was like, you know, oh, uh, you know, uh, and, you know, I, we apo I apologize, but a big portion of this work is, you know, going to have to be, uh, you know, on regular communication and you have to communicate back all the time. And so we're going to stop the interview process here. Wish you the best of luck on, on, in your endeavors. And so I was like, oh, no. Um, but then the quarter after, I remember, um, I think that I, I, I applied for it again, not knowing that it was the same company that, that, uh, that, that basically rejected me for being so unprofessional, you know. Um, but next thing you know, I got an interview, but this time, you know, I was much more polished. I, I responded like immediately. And, um, on the day of the interview, they were like, okay, so this, our CEO, uh, our CEO, Andrew Yang is going to be the one interviewing you. And then my first thought was, wow, I'm going to, I'm going to be interviewed by the CEO. My second thought was, wow, he's a, he, he's also, he's, he's Asian, you know, this, this, this might be a lot more chill. I mean, you know, part of the same, you know, crew, whatever, you know. But uh, it was really far from the case. I remember, um, you know, right when I got on the phone, I mean, you know, he was very professional, very stern, and uh, he took it, um, you know, it, it, it caught me off guard in a sense where um, it was like, I don't know why I expected an easier interview just because, you know, uh, it's like, oh my God, I was an Asian guy or whatever. But, um, but anyways, yeah, he was just a very stern, started asking me really hard questions uh, that I was not prepared for. And mind you, I mean, I wasn't sophisticated enough to really understand that, hey, if you want to, if you want a job, and especially at a certain level, you want to set yourself apart, you got to be doing research on the company that you're applying for, and you got to be ready for it. You can't just show for an interview and suddenly, you know, everything's all groovy and you can talk about how good you are, right? Um, but uh you know, I, I remember I couldn't answer the basic questions that he asked me. And at one point, I think I'm so frustrated to the point where he was like, he kind of blurted out, um, you know, Benny, do you even know what the highest score on the GMAT is? And then I think I remember something like, it was the stupidest answer ever. I think I was like, oh, uh, I think it's the same score as uh, the SATs or, or, or something. Uh, I was like, way, way, way off. But, you know, but he basically let, let out a loud sigh. And then uh, he was like, do you do any research on my company prior to this interview? And, you know, and I mean, he already knew the answer before I could even, you know, reply, to be honest. But uh, I remember for the next, like, you know, 15, 20 minutes, he was kind of lecturing me on, you know, uh, how to better prepare for interviews. And, you know, and basically, I, I can't think to just show up to something and expect to do a good job. It requires preparation. You know, I need to show that I've done proper research on what exactly am I applying for, you know, not just kind of blind, blindly shooting in the dark, right? Mm -hmm. And so he gave me a lot of great advice. And I think at the time, I didn't appreciate it as much as I should have, um, just because, you know, I was young and still like, you know, with a certain mindset. Um, but I, I needless to say, I still thanked him for um, what, uh, for all of his advice. And I did take a lot of mental notes um, and I just thanked him. And I, I didn't expect to hear from him ever again, but lo and behold, like a week later, uh, I got a, a offer letter directly from himself. Wow. Um, so, um, you know, I was really surprised, but um, I, I hopped on board and I was very glad that, you know, I did a great job with them. 
Um, and, um, and I was very happy also to know that he gave me one of my first like LinkedIn recommendations too. And it's still up there actually, you go to my LinkedIn profile and uh, it's always funny because while, while he was uh, campaigning, I was like, wow, if, if this guy really does somehow win, I mean, you know, that, I could say that I got a LinkedIn recommendation from the president of the United States, you know, that would have been, that, that would have been cool. But either way, this is cool enough. I mean, you know, just to see, uh, you know, a former boss like that, that, you know, we go back a long way, um, just, uh, you know, rise up and be such a, you know, a figure, uh, yeah. you know, for our community and even like, uh, and uh, even a, a potential good candidate for the country too. Well, thanks for sharing that story. That's so funny and yet so inspiring. Um, and so I think it's hilarious that you applied for it again, not remembering it was the first one, but this time you were also better prepared for it. So it, it went, it went in such a different trajectory because of that little bit of preparation and that little bit of polish you had the second time around. Yeah, you know, it's funny because my, you know, looking back is you, it's interesting when I observe myself, um, I don't really, and it's a very big uh, neg negative of mine. It's like, I tend to just act before I really think of, think things through, but somehow it kind of just works out for me in, in a sense. And, uh, you know, I think that it's definitely important to prepare and have preparation. Uh, but for me, like, for some reason, I'm just that go, go, go type of guy. I mean, I think that the best analogy is if, you know, you want us, if uh, we all got in a room and it's like, hey, okay, we want to build a house. All right, cool. So, you know, you handle this, you handle that. And okay, uh, Francis, you, you crapped up the, you know, the, uh, uh, the blueprint and then I'll be on the side already laying down bricks, you know, and that's, <laughs> that's pretty much, <laughs> I think that's the best analogy for, for me, right? Um, and there, there's some positives to that, but, uh, and, you know, for, for, for some parts, it's definitely worked out for me, but, uh, you know, I'm definitely learning more and more to, you know, think better and to plan better before I act on things. I love that. That reminds me of, uh, just showing a little bit of geek side of myself, the, um, that one scene from Iron Man, when Tony Stark is testing out his armor for the first time, and he, and his famous quote was, sometimes you gotta learn how to run before you can walk. Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. So it's, uh, you know, I love that analogy too. I love that scene too, by the way, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I can see that spirit right inside you. It's, it's like, you know what? Let's do it. <laughs> what's the worst, what's the worst that could happen? <laughs> that's, that's, that's yeah, and a lot of times you learn so much from that, right? Yeah. Yeah, I love Very that. Um, so speaking about um, your, your work with the Asian American community and also uh, working, having such a great start and your philosophy of just going out there and, and getting things done. I would love to ask your opinion on this. What do you think 2020 has taught us, especially from the Asian community perspective, um, have taught us lessons about where we are in connections with the rest of the other communities and what are things that we really can take to heart going forward from this point onward now? That's a very good question. I think that it's, it's wrapped around with the, with, there's so many angles that I could come, that I could come up with that answer. And I think that um, in terms of like the general grand scheme of things, I mean, I think that as Asian Americans, we learned a lot this year. And yeah. we kind of were in this trajectory of um, seeing, um, you know, uh, a lot of people in our community like rising up, whether it's like, you know, Andrew Yang and his presidency to, you know, fresh off the boat to the success yeah. of Crazy Rich Asians and, um, and a legion of other, um, you know, Asian American uh, focused films and media that started doing really well. And we were in this really high upward trajectory. And suddenly when, um, you know, coronavirus hit, um, it was almost as if we went like so backwards. Yeah. And I think that 
and I think I speak for a lot of people when, and I think I've heard this multiple times. It's like, wow, I've never seen, as an Asian American, I've never seen so much like so much racism, you know, targeting yeah. my community, you know, in, in, in a long, in, in a long time, or I've never seen it in general. Right. And, um, and I think that in a sense, like the bad is that, you know, we've kind of realized, and I think John Cho put this really well in the LA times is that, you know, our sort of, um, you know, Americanness is a little bit, it's, it's kind of conditional. And if there's, you know, any sort of, you know, major thing that kind of happens, um, suddenly, like, you know, we could be seen as the enemy again, right? Mm -hmm. And it's, and I'm not trying to compare this to like, you know, back when, you know, uh, the whole attack on Pearl Harbor happened, and with Japanese internment and everything, but there's, there, there's precedents, you know, to, to be had to show like, you know, the seriousness of what's happening, you know, yeah. right now in, in, in this country, I think. Um, and I think that it, it's shown us that um, we still have a long way to go as society. Yeah. But I also believe that um, in, in a sense, the silver lining is that I see many, many Asian Americans more interested in the heritage more than ever. Mm -hmm. um, if you kind of notice a lot of, um, you know, Asian Americans, um, they come from still first generation families. So they haven't really, you know, been here for that long. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and a lot of our, a lot of us are not really aware of Asian American history in general. I mean, you know, the fact that, you know, there were, uh, you know, the you know, Chinese Americans built the railroads um, to um, all the little things that that happened that defined, um, you know, what America looks like today. I mean, the, the person that was best responsible for birthright citizenship, the right that if you're born here, you are a citizen of this country was, you know, because of a Chinese American. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and I think that if anything, in a sense, I looked at it as, um, you know, we're, we're learning a lot more. We're really like this, you know, discovering our identity a little bit deeper. And I think we're kind of looking at each other also going like, how do we better support each other? And in, in a sea of all this like chaos and negativity, I see like so many people in our community, you know, rising up as frontline workers, as donors, as, you know, as influencers who are using the platforms uh, for good to really, you know, contribute to back to their community. And, and I see this not only just within our community too, but also, you know, our role in helping other minorities, uh, minority communities too, right? Um, you know, during the whole, during the Black Lives Matter movement, right? Um, you know, a lot of, uh, a lot of Asian Americans, uh, you know, kind of stood up, uh, you know, side by side, um, side, side by side with them to, you know, kind of support, um, you know, what, what, what they were doing. And, um, and I think that that's really, really powerful. And I think it kind of shows that, you know, while there are a lot of challenges to be had, we still kind of have each other and, you know, and, um, as long as like we do our best to kind of stick together and contribute back in the best way possible, then, you know, we will continue to move forward. I love that. Thank you for um, thank you for ac actually sharing uh, that powerful message. And 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 you're right. It's it's this whole sense of conditionality, right? That 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 was a real wake up call for me as well too. Um, we're running toward the end of the interview here, and I just want to close by asking you if there's one message you want to share, especially going forward with the next generation, because I think you're about to step into a role, a brand new role of of being parent now which I think is so wonderful and beautiful what message would you want the next generation um not just for Asian Americans but also let's say from a global village that you hope we learn from this year going forward for next generations wow that's a that's a hard one I'm trying to think I mean oh, I would say you know be happy um, you know, find, 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 um, there, everybody has a purpose, uh, being here. And, um, I think that, 
um, you know, part of self-discovery and part of life is to, you know, really uh, put yourself out there in any sort of situation that you, that you think you, uh, you know, want to, want to experiment with. Mm-hmm. And, um, and sometimes, um, you know, you're going to fail and sometimes like, you know, you're going to have good outcomes or bad outcomes, but you know what the results of that, you know, no matter what that result looks like, it's going to contribute to, you know, you growing down the line. And I think that, you know, when you kind of have that sort of uh, notion in your mind, um, it kind of helps like, you know, bring your mind back to equilibrium. And I think that it helps uh, bring more clarity to, you know, who you are as a person. And also to, uh, and also while success is great and, you know, being uh, noticed for your success is great, giving back and being able mm-hmm. to find ways to, you know, uh, yeah. contribute yeah. to um, the people after you. Yeah. Um, that's really uh, the most important in the end. Well, yeah, thank, thank you. I, I love I love that, especially the last one of being reconnected back into your environment, your community. As always, Denny, it's such a pleasure, uh, always so energizing and, and inspiring to talk with you. Um, and I hope I get a chance to meet you and see you in person in 2021, or at the very latest, 2022. Again, thank you for all the work you do with uh, the community. Some of my students have worked with you and they have nothing but the most amazing things to say about you. So thank you for, for helping the next generation already right now for everything you've done. So uh, I wish you all the best and I will talk to you again really soon, okay? Take care of yourself, Danny. Thank you, brother. Take care. Bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us. Now, if you'd like to learn more about Imagine Talks, go to our website at imaginetalks.org. Edge Interns and Mental Power Hacks supports this podcast. Edge Interns sources the best interns to the best companies. Learn more at E-D-G-E. That's edgeinterns.com. Mental Power Hacks is where you'll get life hacks to boost your mental performance, productivity, and success. Connect at mentalpowerhacks.com. Subscribe to us and get the latest episodes of the Imagine Talks podcast, Achieving Success, Social Impact, and Overcoming Obstacles. See you next episode.